With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Core Water. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff producing the show. Got to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core Water. Hydrate with Core.com is the place you want to go to check them out. You get Core Water anywhere water is sold. The one with the big blue cap, the giant suck hole for the ultimate uh, hydration. I mean, you can get some water down your gullet with that big giant hole. And, oh, by the way, it's perfectly balanced pH 7.4 to match your body's natural pH level for maximum performance. That is Core Water. Hydrate with Core. Dot com for more information. Mike, how are you, buddy? Well, it just so happens uh, we, we've got some breaking news really? uh, to talk about here. It seems like there's been a Game of Thrones palace-type coup uh, with the New York Jets. Real. As they have fired their GM, Mike... Um, oh, yeah, uh, I don't like that guy's name. McGagigan. Anyway, uh, he's gone. And VP of Player Personnel, Brian Heimerdinger. And wow. Adam Gase is the Jets' interim GM. Thoughts? Wow. So, Adam, hey, well, you know what my thoughts initially are is once they saw that uh, introductory press conference, <laughs> they, they recognized that guy's got an eye for talent. <laughs> oh, get it? <laughs> and I here, and I there, and I over there, and I up, and I down. Right. He's got eyes. He's got Betty Davis eyes. I mean, that guy has got, like, that, the weirdest introductory press conference ever. But, I, like, I'm buddies with Adam. I'm, like, you know, I'm buddies with Adam Gase. So, um, at least I think I am. I mean, he kind of quit, he kind of quit returning my text messages, maybe because I made fun of his eyes. Um <laughs> It's like to me, maybe we're not buddies. Maybe we're just acquaintances. Like you should be. Like I should give you grief for that, right? If we're friends, if you can't take that, that's on you because you're the one that looked like an idiot. Like, that, that wasn't me. That's you. So if you can't take it, then um, you know what, frankly, I don't want to be your friend if you don't have balls enough to take that. Because listen, if you and I are really, if we're boys. Like, if we really are boys and you do something that stupid, that ridiculous, and I don't make fun of you, it means we're not boys. And that how the guy, that's like guy code, right? I'd be hurt if you didn't. Right. That's exactly right. Like, the, like dudes, like, I, I've heard this joke, and this is going to be completely inappropriate, and then people are going to get mad at me and say that I'm an insensitive prick. But here's the way it goes, Mike. And, and I heard this, somebody told me this one it was a long time ago. The, the main difference between men and women is that men get together and they just, I mean, they hammer each other incessantly with just nastiness, right? They make fun of each other. They're just mean to each other. They are breaking each other's balls, and they mean absolutely none of it. 
and women get together, and they're incessant with the amount of compliments that they pay one another. They talk about how nice they look and what great outfit that is and all that, and they mean absolutely none of it, right? <laughs> like, that's the difference. So I know you don't really love me unless you're breaking my balls. Right. Right? 100%. That's, that's how we are. We get together every year. I have a, a Vandal reunion trip. You do it with your guys, your college friends or your high school friends or your grade school friends, whatever the hell it is you guys do that's just kind of a little bit weird. But my <laughs> buddies, we get together. Some of my college buddies, you know. So it was guys I played college football with, like guys we were doing man things with. Yeah, we busting busting heads and cracking helmets and 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 whipping ass and taking names you know you do it with your grade school buddies where you you know you made schmores and uh <laughs> and you know and, it, no. and first of all it's not schmores it's oh. s'mores it's not no. schmores oh well i was you using always like my to put, east you, coast accent schmore yeah hey, schmores hey may the schmores, may the schmores be with you <laughs> what so you guys i mean your yours is a little bit i you know it, it just feels soft to me no but it's not soft yeah you guys call yourself the apple dumpling no gang it's not, no 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 it's it, it's been dubbed the treehouse oh, gang oh the treehouse gang <laughs> that sounds so much cooler yes guys let's make a treehouse this is gonna be great i we'll didn't get a- i didn't that that was a nickname that was given to us i don't i didn't did you guys i have, didn't create hey, it Last year when you went back, you go back to the East Coast to meet all your, you know, your grade school buddies. Um, did you guys have a pillow fight? You guys are a giant bunch of pussies. My guys, you know, yeah, my guys. Yeah, you guys get back together with stories about, hey, hey, Biff, remember that time we took turns giving each other uh, steroids in the butt? Uh, uh. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, not Biff, by the way. It wasn't it's Biff. Not, it wasn't Biff. <laughs> Hank. Hank. <laughs> Trying to think of Idaho football killer. games. <laughs> it was remember time. the time you hey, got killer. that. Killer, killer, remember? <laughs> remember that time on kickoff cover when you got hit so hard you shit your pants? <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a story I'd probably enjoy hearing every oh, single year. Oh, it is a great, Because the, the same way, stories is, get told over and over and over right, again. But this is a great story. Let's like, what well, introduction to college football. So a buddy of mine <laughs> running down on kickoff cover, right? And he's he's rolling down. You, he's going to make a play, right? He gets blindsided, just absolutely ass over tea kettle. Gets just knocked out, and and he's trying to he's stumbling to his feet. And we're all like, oh, you know, as soon as you have one of them hits, because you can hear it, you're on the sideline. You're like, oh shit, like it's that kind of hit, right? And you're like, oh. And then you're like, come on, you're all right, dude, you're all right, get up. You know, and he's kind of stumbling to his feet. And that's back when there was no such thing as a concussion. Right, concussions did not exist back then. Right, if you got a concussion, you were just soft. That's what the coaches say, hey, you got a soft head. Hey, guys, got a soft head. You got dinged. You got dinged. Well, no, you got a soft head. I don't know if we can count on it. I don't know if we can. Hey, he's not tough enough. We can't count on him. (laughs) He's got a soft head. So he's stumbling to his feet. We're like, it's all right, man. You know, and, and so he gets to the sideline, right, and he is like, he is like, out of it like he's just like completely um you know, just completely stumbling around like not kind of not knowing where he is, is and we're like you all right you all right dude you all right and he's like oh yeah yeah so he goes boy that dude knocked the shit out of me and i'm like yeah way to go that's the way to bounce back up he goes no no, no you don't understand i have shit in my pants <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> he might want to head to the locker room <laughs> Wow, getting hit so hard that you poop your pants? Yeah. No, he was like, seriously, no, 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 you don't get it. 
I literally have shit in my pants. Oh, oh. Now that's a story. <laughs> yeah, now that's a, that's a ti- that's timeless. Right. Just, so, I mean, timeless. you're gonna tell that story oh, every like, year. You get, to, you get to Vandal Camp. You're t- Vandal Camp every summer. You're telling that story, oh, right? Are. And everyone's howling like they're just hearing it for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, it's the best. Yeah. It oh, is the best. It's, it's Listen, the- I, I I can't recommend enough. If you it, all all you guys out there listening. If if you don't do something like this once a year, you're missing out. Whether it's getting together with college buddies, high school buddies. For me, it's all. You're right. I mean, I have we, we have people there that I, I've known since kindergarten. I mean, no joke. So, right. but it is the best. Get together for a weekend, someplace where you can get away on a lake or beach or whatever, and you know, just just you know, eat unbelievable amounts of meat and drink beer right. and fish. Tell and, stories uh, about how Mrs. Johnson explained the difference between violet and uh, lavender <laughs> with your kindergarten buddies. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I was like, what? I was like, wow. What, 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 what do you guys talk about? In va- va- what lavender do you? are different colors. Remember, remember that, that? Remember, remember that, that time? time? You, oh my goodness! Remember when we used to finger paint? Right. Can you bring me another wine spritzer? No, there are no wine spritzers. All right, back to uh, how this all started. What do you make of the Jets' moves? I mean, isn't it unusual? I'm trying to I'm trying to salvage this, everybody. Yes. I mean, isn't this uh, otherwise just going to be stories from Vandal Camp for the next uh, hour? Uh, oh. But what what about? I mean, what, what about the timing? I mean, you you do all this prep. Right. For the draft and free well, agency, all the work and, is done, right? Yeah, you mean you got all the players? You're not really, you're not in the procurement stage of of the season anymore. You already did it. Well, no, I, I get it. It's it, it's the time to do it because it's all done. But what does it say about all the work that you just did? <laughs> you're like, hey. It's the Jets, dude. Yeah, good point. Like, it's the jettiest thing you can do. When you're a Jet, you're always a Jet. You know, I mean, like, seriously, what, what, what is your plan? Like, all of a sudden, did you look at the players you took and said, hmm, we could have been better here? Or when, you know, when you signed, like, I don't know if there was some type of coup, there was some type of hostile takeover, like, you put all your eggs in the, uh, you know, the Adam Gase basket, and Adam Gase didn't like, uh, you know, the general manager or the personnel people. I Like, I have no idea, but it does seem to be the jettiest thing you could do. Oh, by the way, too, you know, Adam Gase was the coach of the Miami Dolphins, you know, and you're, you're, you're sent there to establish culture, and that's the worst culture any football team in the National Football League, so... You know, I mean, is it because he wasn't empowered? Like, if this is a move, Mike, if this is a move to say, head coach, we believe in your coaching. We believe in, in, in you as a, as a, a, a leader, and we're going to fully empower you. Because if that's the case, maybe it's not the jettiest thing you can do. Maybe it's actually a good thing. Like, if you're really going to empower somebody and Adam Gase doesn't like the direction or the people that, that you know, you put in charge and you're going to say, hey, dude, you're in complete and total control. Here's the uh, here's the issue that I would like that that part to me, if that's the case, I think that could be a good thing. Here's the part that I that I struggle with a little bit, though, Mike. The struggle would be that I don't think anybody 
can be the GM slash head coach, you know, the grand poobah of all things football and and have long-term success because I don't think you can be great at the one thing that you need to be great at, and that's coaching. Because you've got so many other things on your plate. And we've seen this before from, you know, the big show, Mike Holmgren, when he took over in Seattle. We saw it with Mike Shanahan once he got power here in Denver, basically dumped everybody and, you know, appointed somebody as, uh, you know, a GM. But he was really the GM slash head coach slash the, you know, the picker out of the coffee that we're drinking in the morning. You know, everything was his responsibility. And I think over time, you start making poor decisions whether it's coaching decisions personnel decisions whatever because you don't have kind of a system of checks and balances in place to to keep your organization like to have some to to have some um some constructive discourse because i think you need that within an organization to make sure that everybody's holding everybody accountable are we seeing the same thing happen with the cardinals cliff kingsbury being empowered that way yeah, you know, the Cardinals feel to me like <laughs> this feels to me like I'm going to try as the GM of the team. Uh, you know, I'm I'm like I'm going in a completely different re- direction. This is like when the Eagles hired Chip Kelly, and like, hey, we're gonna ex- like we're going off we're going off the the beaten track like we're going to we're going to turn football on its head and remember for you know there there was a time they were 10 and 6 and you know and and everybody thought this is the way of the future we don't hit each other you know the practices are are fast and we drink protein shakes and you know and we're going to win a bunch of games and um completely in my mind unsustainable form of of football um when you have limited you know, limited number of people. I, the Cliff Kingsbury things just intrigues me or interests me to see how this goes because that guy couldn't win. You know, he couldn't win uh, with Mike Leach's players at Texas Tech. He, like, you, you couldn't win. You had Patrick Mahomes, who was the NFL MVP, and you couldn't win. I, this is the NFL, man. These are the greatest coaches on the planet. These are These guys, from a game planning standpoint and everything else, you're not you don't get to line up against the blind sister of the poor four times a year or five times a year this is a different deal it'll be interesting to see you know how this experiment works out but i've heard a lot of people say it and and i don't necessarily disagree with it uh, you fire a bunch of people you go down this direction it it buys you another doesn't it buy you another couple of years at the gm yeah it does you know, because it's the hey, you know, we've got the young quarterback, and you need time. So it's it, it's why we talk about all the reasons why these teams are in such a hurry to draft a quarterback in the first round. And I think a lot of it is job security. It's kicking the can of expectations down the road for as long as you can, because if you draft that quarterback in the first round, people want that guy to succeed. <laughs> unless you're the Cardinals, mm-hmm. I mean, did you did you see Josh Rosen? Come out and express his uh, disappointment that that Cardinals GM Steve Kime did not call him. Right, call me maybe about yes. about you know when the trade went down. And so I guess last year it was Rosen had nine teams he was going to prove wrong for not drafting him. I guess this year's chip on the shoulder is to prove Steve Kime wrong because he didn't place a phone call telling him he'd been dealt. Right now it's eleven people or or it's ten people. 
the nine teams that didn't draft me and, and Steve Kine, I'm going to prove them all wrong. I mean, do you owe a guy a call? I mean, is that the professional thing to do? I, or is well, it, hey, I it's think, the business. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of us don't, a lot of us when we get fired, you know, it's not like we're hearing from top brass calling you to say, hey, listen, just want to let you know we've uh, decided to go off in a different direction here. And we really value the time that you gave to our company. And uh, we wish you all the best in your future. Come on. Yeah. No. Corporate America lets you go on Friday. So you, you've got the weekend to cool. Uh, yeah, I, uh, they know when the best time to let you go. Oh, by the way. There's some boxes at your desk. <laughs> We're going to need you to pack your stuff and leave, right? I mean, isn't that how they do it? I don't know. I think that I think that it's in, like me personally. I think you should call. I think you should call the player and say, "Hey, listen, this is the trade that's going down." Um, you know, we've you know, obviously we've gone in a different direction. Sorry, it didn't work out. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you have to say. But I think it's I think like I think it's the right thing to do to make the phone call. I mean, I think that would be the right thing to do. Does he owe it to you? Do you have to do it? No, this is the business aspect um, of playing in the National Football League, and you're learning firsthand if you're Josh Rosen, um, you, know, you know, exactly what it means to be to be an NFL player at times, right? You've probably been catered to your whole life. You're one of the top recruits coming out of high school. You know, everybody loved you. You were the greatest thing since sliced bread. You went to UCLA. You know, you were the big man on campus, right? You, uh, you know, you, you had your, your, you know, your, 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 whatever. You're the quarterback. You've got the, you know, your, your social activism. You've got all these things like you've always been catered to. And, and now you're the harsh reality of playing the national football league. Like, that's that's what you're experiencing right now. Do they owe you a phone call? No. I think it's the right thing to do if you're Steve Kahn, but they don't owe you anything. I mean, you know, what, what, I mean, do you want a certificate of participation? Like, Josh Rosen played for us last year. Thank you. You know, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, well, I don't think you need any of that. While we're on the subject of um, what is supposedly owed to somebody, yeah, what the heck is going on? Uh, with this whole idea of mentoring players. So, I mean, it blew up here in Denver. Joe Flacco asked about the idea of mentoring mm-hmm. Drew Locke, and it led to, I mean, people weighing in all over the NFL world from, you know, uh, Kurt Warner and LaDainian Tomlinson and, and Dan Orlovsky all being super critical of, of Flacco. Uh, when did mentoring become a thing? Well, I mean, like I've always thought that it was important for the veteran players to, you know, to impart knowledge upon younger players. I always thought that, you know, that that mentoring guys, there, there's a you have a role in that. That's that's part of kind of, quote unquote, your responsibility to a degree. Like I hear Joe Flacco say, hey, listen, man, I, I'm like I'm swimming right now. Well, think about this one. You've you've left an organization you've been in. For you were in for eleven years, you got traded to Denver. You're putting in a new system with a new offensive coordinator. Although you've had a similar system before under Gary Kubiak, but it's a new system. It's a new offensive coordinator. There's going to be some new terminology and stuff. And and now all of a sudden you're asked about, hey, what are you going to do for Drew Locke and mentoring Drew Locke? And as a veteran player, I'm, I'm sure Joe Flacco is going, whoa, 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 whoa. 
it's his responsibility to, to to learn the offense. I'm trying to learn the offense. Like my head's swimming, man. I I was brought here to be the starting quarterback and to be the best I can be. Like I know Joe Flacco is a good man. I know Joe Flacco, if asked, will answer any question. I know Joe Flacco is going to be kind and and, and he's going to be a good teammate. But I think he's right when he says it's not my responsibility to come in and coach the kid. Like, when I walked into the league, Mike, I always thought it was my responsibility to to learn from the veterans, to watch the veterans, right, to pay attention, to glean anything I could glean from the veterans and the way they go about their business, to be a professional, and, and and to ask the questions, that was that was my responsibility. I think one of the big problems with our country in general is everybody knows their rights, nobody knows their responsibilities. It's your responsibility as a young player to come and to and to be a, a guy that's mentorable. You know, to be a good mentee. Like, like if you come in like like your crap don't stink, and you come in like you you put a squirt of piss in the bucket, I don't really want to mentor you. And, and listen, I know this. Like People have said, well, Joe Flacco was no good to Lamar Jackson. That's bullshit. Like, I was, I was there. I called a game in Baltimore, man. I talked to Lamar Jackson about it. He was like, Joe could have been better to me. He was great to me. RG3 was great. I, I, talked, to, I talked to Robert Griffin. He was, Joe was great. Now, as far as a, a mentor, once they installed – you know, a rinky-dink high school triple option offense. Well, I mean, what's Joe Flacco going to say to Lamar Jackson? Hey, man, make sure you feather that defensive end out there, right? Really get up on him before you make the decision either to hand it off or to pitch it or to keep it yourself. Like, Joe Flacco can't tell him anything about that offense because he doesn't know, but he was good to the kid. He answered whatever questions he could answer. Like, I, you know what? I mean, I... Like, all of a sudden, it's – it's a, do we not employ – does Denver – last time I checked, did they have a coaching staff? Did they hire an offensive coordinator, or is it Joe Flacco's job to come in and coach the quarterbacks? Like, like but there's two people you blame for this. Here's who you have to blame for this. Okay. Alex Smith and Josh McCown. Alex Smith has received rave reviews, starting mm-hmm. from Patrick Mahomes himself, right? for how – Smith handled Mahomes and how gracious and how uh, out of his way he went to really uh, take Patrick Mahomes under his wing. And McCown, go go back and there's a Sports Illustrated article that I read not too long ago about the the relationship between Darnold, Sam Darnold and Josh McCown. And Darnold is just absolutely raving about how great McCown has been and that McCown is constantly, you know, at his shoulder. They're they're inseparable and and McCown really embraced that role. Uh-huh. So you got two examples of guys who have I guess made the idea of mentoring cool. And you know how this is a copycat league, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to Mahomes. So, you know, every every organization out there right now is hoping that they've got their potential Mahomes Smith type dynamic going on. And so now all of a sudden it's it's these it's this idea that if you have drafted someone even in the second round like Drew Locke was that it's the job of the veteran to show him the kid the ropes. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I get it. I, you know, like, I get that it's, it's, like, I get there's a certain mentorship that goes on, right? I, I understand as a veteran player that, you know, that you're, tr- that you're going to mentor um, guys. Like, I understand that, like, part of, part of that is, one, that young player needs to come in and he needs to watch how you are a professional, like how you go about your your job, right? That That's part of the deal. Listen, Josh McCown, God bless him, he's a great guy. He's a middle-issue June quarterback. When you get Josh McCown, you know what you're getting? You're getting a guy, if you if you hire him, you're hiring him with the the like the purpose of coming in and mentoring because you've got somebody that you want to be the starter and it's not him. So you're saying, Hey, we're going to hire you. You're going to come in here. We're going to let you start until the bye week. And then the young kid's going to take over. Like Josh McCown came in the league at, in 2002. Okay. He, uh, he exited the league in 2018. Okay. Do you know how many career starts he has? How many years is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14, 15, 16, 17 years? Is that right? Seven, I think he missed a year in there. 16 years, 17 years, whatever it is. He's got 76 starts, Mike. Hmm. He has 76 starts. He's a career He's a career mentor. That's what his, his legacy. Good for him. He's been great. He's a great guy. Like, he is. He's 23 and 53 in his starts. Like, come on. Like, it's not, it's, it, you're comparing apples to oranges. And, and Alex Smith, you're 100% right. Alex Smith was wonderful to Patrick Mahomes. Wonderful to him. Now, part of that is probably because Alex Smith, you know, Alex Smith probably didn't have that kind of mentorship when he came in. Remember, he was a, number one overall draft pick that was benched, that was ridiculed by his own organization, that, you know, that was took his team to the NFC Championship, got a concussion, and they couldn't wait, wait to replace him with Colin Kaepernick. So, I mean, here's a guy that that, that probably wants to, the, to pass that along to some degree because he doesn't like the way that he was brought into the league. Good for Alex Smith for being a big person. But, a, again... It's not like Joe Flacco's an ass. It's not like he's going to try to sabotage a young quarterback's career. And, and you know, I just – I look at that whole mentoring process, and it was an important part. Like, it's an important part of the process. It's an important part um, of, of how it works. But I know how it worked when I was young. I kept my mouth shut. I came to work. I busted my ass to make sure that I didn't let the veterans down. I watched every move they made. I tried to emulate it. I tried to work on it. I asked questions when appropriate to ask questions. And when all of a sudden I became the starter, then all of a sudden they were like, hey, man, let's watch some film together. Let's go through this stuff together. Like, it was it was different, right? As soon as I became the starter, they're like, all right, you're like, you're one of us. But they were they were great to me. They didn't they didn't come to me and say, let me teach you how to take the right step here. Or let me let, let's talk about this. They didn't come to me and do that. 
Like I had to, I had to seek that out. So I, like, I, I don't have a problem with what Joe Flacco said because, you know, I know that when push comes to shove, if he's asked a question, he's not going to sabotage a young player. He's going to help a young player. I blame millennials. Oh, wait, what? Uh, actually, mostly millennials listen to this podcast. Never mind. You guys are great. No, no, no. It's their fault, right? <laughs> it, it really is. It it's is the cells. It's the it's sense of entitlement. <laughs> you got to do it for me. Blah 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 blah. Right. Oh, this oh. is going to totally endear us to them. Yes. Oh, ooh, ooh. It's not fair. No. <laughs> you know what? Sack up and, and sack up. Sack up. It's your responsibility. Oh, Understand it. That's good. That's good. All right. So it's all about mentoring. Make sure your favorite team out there is doing a proper amount of mentoring if you want to have a good, successful NFL season. That's right. And don't forget, Adam Gase has got his eyes on the Jets. <laughs> That's. I think if we've learned anything today, those are the things we've learned. That's what we've learned. A very educational podcast. That is correct. I'd like to thank our uh, presenting sponsor, the great people over at Core, HydrateWithCore.com. For Mike, I am Mark. For Scott, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you later on in the week.